he was confused by how someone with a baby face that can't grow a beard can work in a church. So to me, how did they allow 14-year-olds to work full-time? I said it's under the table. <laughs> but I'll tell anyone about this. I shouldn't have told you. Backed up, pulled out my ID and proved it to him. Uh, but eventually got, uh, none of that happened. Um, <laughs> but got chatting about, okay, so this is good news, right? We talk about how this is good news, but how do we know it's actually true? He, he's asking that question. So, so how do we know it's true, right? Like if, if you're going to, if you're going to give up your life to pursue this in a church, how, how are you convinced that it's true? The fact that it's true. And, and, and interestingly enough, it's where kind of Paul goes. It's a great question, and it's where Paul goes, and we see that. So in verse 5, we saw Epaphrodites, and then to the 12. So Cephas is Peter. And then in verse 6, what we see here is in verse 6, he says this. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me as to one abnormally born. How do we know it's true? Well, well, Paul says, actually, don't take my word for it. Go and visit them for yourself. Starts name-dropping, something chronic, right? Go and visit James. Go and visit the twelve. See, hear hear Thomas' testimony about how he touched Jesus, and, and, and go and speak to him. See, this is written like hundreds of years after Jesus was, was claimed to be alive. It's like five, ten years, you would have read this and gone, okay, I'm, I'm going to do something about this. We love talking about this at Southside Youth. So shameless plug here, uh, Southside Youth, uh, from grade 7 to 12, we meet, you know, on Sunday afternoon, 3 to 5. We're the ones clogging up the Snapchat feed today with the Snapchat filter of Southside Presbyterian Church, which I'm pretty excited about that we have a filter. Uh, but uh, our youth, we, we, when we meet together, and we're meeting today at 12.30, if you're in that age group, we'd love to have you. Uh, but when we meet together, we often go to this passage. Right? And we often say, okay, so imagine you're living 2,000 years ago. And you hear from Paul these names of people that have seen Jesus. And you hear about this 2,000 years ago. What are you going to do on your school holidays? Forget looking at bad memes for two weeks. There's something better here to do. You're going to go start visiting these people, right? That's why he drops these names. You're going to go start visiting. You're going to go hear about Matthew and Mark's story about how they saw Jesus. You're going to hear about James and his testimony. And then if you don't believe them, you're going to go, okay, so tell me some of the names of the 500 people. And, and one by one, over and over again, you're going to get the same thing back from them. Yes, it sounds unbelievable. If I didn't see him, maybe I wouldn't believe, but over and over again, you would get their eyewitness accounts. We saw Jesus. We saw Jesus. He's alive. Now, now, I love this passage because what it does is it disproves so many oppositions to the the gospel, right? Because it's saying this is not a dream. This is not a vision. Not some guy's thought. This is real history with real people involved. And so we can have confidence, not through the lens of someone's great idea, but through the lens of history. Now, now the crazy thing is we don't obviously get the chance to go and visit Matthew and Mark and John and Thomas. But what we still do is we actually get their testimonies, get their eyewitness accounts. And that's what we see in the New Testament in the Bible. We 